Hey, hi, hello, who are you? And welcome back to Watch It Again, the podcast where we go through 101 movies to see before you die. As always, I'm your host, Jacob, and with me are... I'm Kat. And I'm James. And this week it's Kat's turn, and I feel like I do that really smooth, uh, and then my voice just changes. Yeah, I was going to say, I, yeah. th- I feel like it's that's... probably because you've said it like yeah. 70 times. See, it sounded like the highest pitch I've ever heard. Really? <laughs> <that one. laughs> well, Kat, what, what, what do you got? <laughs> what? Well, it's, it's your turn, so oh, we're right. all we're waiting on you, and you're just putting your watch on. We want to find okay. out what movie we watched. Yeah, so and what was it? It was about and stuff. This week, <laughs> <laughs> we watched Alfred Hitchcock's 1946 beautiful film, Rural. Notorious. Notorious. <laughs> Wait, 1946? Correct. Did yeah. you watch the 1992 version? Yeah. Oh no, I've re- watched the wrong. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Is it about a rapper? What? 2009 film Notorious. Oh, about Notorious B.I.G. Yeah, yeah, he rose from being a Brooklyn street hustler to a respected rap artist because that's the movie I watched. When I I looked on Just Watch for this, which tells you like what streaming services things are on, obviously because it's Hitchcock, it's not really on streaming services, but um, and about... Seven different thing movies popped up for Notorious before this one, and when it said not, yeah. not available on anything, yeah. So it's a common movie title, but it was on YouTube, which was nice. Yeah, that As was part nice. of the for free Criterion collection, collection which I yeah. we have used multiple times now. Yeah, for things. Um. So oh, yeah. I have anyway. Yeah, I have to. Yeah. So Notorious is was released in 1946. Um, it's an American spy film noir. Um. Directed and produced by Alfred Hitchcock, although he only has directed by in the credits, just because that's his signature. Mm. Um, it stars Cary Grant, Ingrid Bergman. And Cary Grant, two weeks in a row. Yeah, and Claude Rains. I think we're going to have to update our um, actor or actress who is in the most movies because Ingrid, Ingrid Bergman, Bergman <laughs> has been in so many of the ones we've watched. What did we has do? she? Who did we decide was the most common? I think Probably it was like... Tom Hanks? Yeah, or... Um, was it Ben Affleck? No. He no. was only in a few. Yeah, I think Tom Hanks or um, what's his name? Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. He's been in a few, yeah. But there, yeah, like, there's like a, in heaps. Yeah, I feel like in like that kind of like 90s mm. period, that is, it's one of them. Yeah. And there's a lot from our list in that period. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ingrid Bergman's been in so many Alfred Hitchcock movies. Um, so the film, briefly, just a little recap. Before you go into that. I just want to make note that last week's movie came out 13 years after this week's movie and Cary Grant looks fucking identical in both. <laughs> yeah. I was going to comment on that, except he has a lot darker hair in yeah. this one. But, I mean, it's this one's like in black and white gray. and the other one's in, like, colour. Yeah. But I was just like, your face yeah. does not change for the next, fifth, like, 13 years. What's happening? What's the other – who's the other guy that's always in Hitchcock ones? Um, in Rear Window and – James Stewart. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. some of his ones yeah. from, like, years apart, like, it's like, you look identical. Yeah, yeah it was weird. I'm like, as soon as he came on screen, I was like, how is this 13 years earlier than last week? <laughs> Your face has the same wrinkles in it. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Your You're only in your early 40s anymore. at this point, and last week you were like 55. Hang on a minute. Sorry, um, yeah. So, yeah, the film follows US government agent T.R. Devlin, or Dev, who's played by Grant. So this time he's actually a spy. Who enlists the help of Alicia Huberman. There's going to be so many by North by Northmen. Sorry, there's going to be so many North by Northwest references here that I don't get because I didn't yeah, watch sorry. it. <laughs> uh, North by Northwest. Did you is listen? Good. You no. Watch it. Okay. So in North by Northwest, Cary Grant plays a guy that gets thrown into the spy world and has to pretend that he's a spy. Um, yeah. But in this, he's just a spy. He's yeah. just there. So it, yeah, it, yeah. Um, so yeah, he enlists the help of Alicia Huberman, who is played by Ingrid Bergman, um, the daughter of a German war criminal to infiltrate a Nazi operation. Because keep it in mind, this is set in 1946. Um, so this situation becomes complicated when the two fall in love as Huberman is instructed to seduce Alex Sebastian, played by Claude Rains, a leader of the organisation who had previously been infatuated with her. Um, so, yeah. The first thing I, I – like when I realised that he was like the second love interest, the first thing I Googled was like Ingrid Bergman and his like his actor name just to see how the yeah. age difference. I'm like, he looks way too old for her. And, yes, he is. He is, yeah. He's about Which 20. One, oh, the Nazi dude. Yeah, he's yeah. 25 years older. 
Well, I mean, in last week it was a 20-year age gap from 35-year-old actress to 55-year-old Cary Grant. Yeah. And this week Cary Grant's only like 42. <laughs> I actually didn't look up their ages. She's probably for in her 20s. <laughs> I mean, one person in particular. It's probably it's probably not the, the worst age gap we've seen. I mean, Raging Bull. Yeah. I've got a I've got a fun fact about an age gap. This okay. is jumping ahead a little bit. So you know the mother, so uh, Madame Anna Sebastian, yep. so Claude Rain the Yep. Yeah, yeah. His mother. The the Nazi dude's mum. Yeah. She how, listening. Old, how much older than Claude Rain do you think um she is? Is it the same as in like last week where Cary Grant's character's mother was seven years old. The actress was seven years older than Cary Grant. Something yeah, like that. I th- I, so I, I'm going to go five years? I'm going to say three. It was four. Oh, <laughs> you both win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah, yeah, she did four look. Years. She did not oh, look no. very old compared to the rest of them. I'm sure they tried to age her up. But so yeah. Ingrid Bergman was born in 1915, which in this makes her 31. So it's only 11 years between her and Cary Grant. I can support that. That's See, okay. That she's over 30. He's under 45. Yeah. That's this, fine for a movie. This is why I was rooting for, for Dev and her. See, yeah. if it wasn't for the age gap, I would have supported the Nazi Whereas and her. Claude Rains, yeah, was born in 1889. And I just can't support that. Cary Grant was born in 1904. So they're both born in the same century, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he was born 11 years before the cent- you know. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's 26 so years between them. I'm just not on board for that. Just a bit on casting. Um, just bringing us back to the topic. Sure, yeah. I was on topic for ages of cast. The original producer, David Selznick, wanted Joseph Cotton instead of Cary Grant. Um, and the so at the time the United States had just like dropped some atomic bombs on Japan. Yes, yes they had. Yeah, oh, I hadn't heard of this. What happened? Um, <laughs> don't don't go there. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we're not a history podcast. <laughs> they nuked two Japanese cities and ended a war. Um, oh. Yeah, wasn't a good so time. Selznick argued that the first film about atomic weaponry would be the most successful, which this film is about, if you guys didn't realise. It took me a while to think, like... Yeah, so... I was like, huh, yeah. that's uranium. Yeah, huh. we'll, get, we'll get to that. Also, they're all dead from radiation, like... 100%. It's just sitting there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's in a wine bottle. Is, is the ore like that? Does it have to be... Well, that's processed? what it comes out of. So, like, would the ore know. not be radioactive? I'm a Googling. We should going. ask Kira because Kira, he knows that. Since you're sitting on the, the lounge over there, is uranium ore radioactive? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's what uranium comes from, so it would have to be, right? doesn't yeah. just magically become radioactive. <laughs> I'm a Don't quote me, but yes. Um, so, yeah, they thought that the first film about... Um, atomic rep- weaponry would be most successful and Grant was not available for three months. So basically it was like, we've got to get this done so that we can make as much money as we can. Um, he also believed that Grant would be difficult to manage and make high salary demands. But most of all, Selznick owned Cotton's contract, so the other guy he was pushing for. Um, Hitchcock and RKO production executive William Dozier invoked a clause in the project's sale contract and blocked Selznick's attempts. Um, and Grant was signed on to play Bergman. So she was already cast. Hitchcock just wanted her from the start. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got Ingrid Bergman as Alicia Huberman, Claude Rains as Alexander Sebastian, and Leopoldine Constantin as Madame Anna Sebastian. I'm only going to list those four because they're kind of like the only four that you need to know. Yeah, we're, we're also. I mean, I don't know how interested you are in nineteen forties celebrities, Jacob. Yeah. But um, so, li- oh, what now? Uranium. uranium ore. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uranium ore is naturally somewhat radioactive, but decays with alpha particles, which your skin blocks. So it isn't that hazardous towards human. It's only once it's refined and used for nuclear power that it begins to properly decay in which case then it becomes extremely radioactive and dangerous to humans. Right. I thought so it might it should be something be okay. like that. So they're only getting a slight dose of radiation. So your depleted radi- uranium is a byproduct from enriching natural uranium to use in nuclear power reactors and that's what's 
kills you. Yeah. So there you go. Science. Um, this has been the Uranium <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> um, so Constantine, who plays Anna Sebastian, um, had been one of pre-war Germany's greatest actresses and Notorious was her only American film appearance. Um, yeah. So and she's she's German. She, she is German. Is she the only part of the cast or a lot of the cast? I think Which she's the only... She's the mum. I think she's the only oh. German actress. I'm not sure about the other, like the Nazis. Who, yeah, who could be. Sebastian knows. I think they're all they, just Americans they said, putting on yeah, a really yeah. shit accent. Yeah. Well, they didn't yeah. really have any, any accent. One guy had a mild one and then halfway through he's like seen it disappeared. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Um, so did either of you guys spot, spot Hitchcock? No. I didn't. Last week I saw him straight I, away, and this week I was like, "Where are you?" I thought very early on at the bar scene. I thought that as well, but, but then the, I thought it was the bald guy in the front, but then it, I realized it wasn't him. No, yeah. So it actually takes place um, at a party in Sebastian's mansion at around an hour and four minutes into Damn the it. film. Um, Hitchcock is seen drinking a glass of champagne as Grant and Bergman approach. He sets his glass down and quickly departs. Damn it. Missed yeah. it. Is that, is that a thing? Is he in every... Yeah, he yeah. he's yeah, in okay. all his I was trying to spot him and I thought like at the start when like before you, before the like film entered Bergman's house, mm. I thought he was the guy walking along the street, like just In every other one we've watched, I've noticed him straight away and this yeah. one I was, I got to the end and I was like, where was he? Maybe because it was a party, so there's yeah, lots of other people He stands out Yeah, I like yeah. quite a lot. I like in Rear Window, he was nice and easy right at the start. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so let's get into the plot a bit. Sure. Yes. This is taken directly from our good friends at Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think my plot description last week was the best. It was about ten sentences. And was it because it was not from Wikipedia? It was directly. Fr- it was someone's synopsis from IMDb, <laughs> and I just read that because it was like perfect. Yeah. Well, this one I Snazzy feel like. Thanks the word. You've got to get into a bit a bit more. Okay. So, in April 1946, Alicia Huberman, the American daughter of a convicted Nazi spy, is recruited by government agent T.R. Devlin to infiltrate an organisation of Nazis who have moved to Brazil after World War II. When Alicia refuses to help the police, Devlin plays recordings of her fighting with her father and insisting that she loves America. Devlin and Alicia meet at the track, with Alexander watching from the grandstand. Bum, bum, bum. I just skipped I over a whole bunch um, of stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, that was a lot of movie. I actually did it. I think I must have deleted a paragraph because... Yeah, that. Okay, that's not We're just going to start that again. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, basically, there's this chick. <laughs> Ingrid Bergman. Is it this one? <laughs> no. <Nah>, damn it. <laughs> I wanted the... Nope. Nope. There we go. So, yeah. So I found it in the end. Alicia, <laughs> we meet her and she... We meet her as her father's trial is coming to a close and he's found guilty of... Um, being a Nazi? Being a Nazi and... Uh, what's, what's it called where you're... A, oh, you're a traitor. Nazism. Oh, treason. Treason, yeah. He's found to have treasonous intent. Committed um, the treasons. <laughs> yes. And so she's kind of... Next we kind of see her at her home and she's having a party... She's kind of drowning her sorrows and... As you would if you found out your daddy was a Nazi. Yeah. The best. Um, and so you kind of realise that, you know, she's actually a bit of an alcoholic. Yep. <laughs> a little bit. And at this party is T.R. Devlin, played by Grant. And you actually don't see his, his face. face. for quite a while, yeah. And that was deliberately done by Hitchcock because he... Knew the star power that Cary Grant held, and he and to hold Cary it for fucking the big Grant, reveal. man. Yeah, for the yeah for the big reveal in their <laughs> quotes because he didn't know it was him, did yeah. you? No, that so wouldn't have been um, on every fucking poster in the lobby. <laughs> yeah, and so then they go for a little drive and like get pulled over by a police officer because she is driving. Can we can we talk about under yeah. the this influence for a very long time? Two weeks in a row where we've had a Hitchcock film where someone is driving a car drunk. Yeah, like. Really fast and for a and very long swerving time. for a very long time, <laughs> and, and doesn't fine. die. Yeah, 
like, and she's got like a hair on her face, and she's like, oh, this, this fog. damn fog. And he's like, that's your hair. And she's like, oh, and she brushes it away, and it comes straight back. He's like, that's better. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, this is so bad. So then a cop pulls him over. Also, and that bit where the cops on his bike just riding, yeah, and he just side by side. He doesn't even say anything. He either. just looks at them, and I'm like, "You're both. If there's a corner, one of you's dead." Yeah. <laughs> um. So then, shit. What's his name? Devlin. I keep thinking Carrie, and I'm like, "That's not right." <laughs> Devlin shows the officer his um, ID, and obviously because he's a government agent, the officer's like, "Go on your merry way." Fuck, that wouldn't happen these days. Oh, no, 100%. The officers are like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> You're driving drunk. Um, Fuck and you. So Alicia um, gets off and then she um, – so then Devlin kind of tries to recruit her to come work for their agency and, you know. But she doesn't want to. She really doesn't She hates want to. cops. She's a – Yeah. No, I'm not going to make a joke about it. Okay, don't make a joke about <laughs> cops. But yeah, and anyway, he plays her recordings um, of her fighting with her dad and then she's like, oh, okay, I will. Because she loves her country, America. Yeah. And so then they fly to Rio randomly. Mm-hmm. I did not expect the movie to be set there. Yeah, I was like, all right, it's American spies and it's Nazi, so it's either, it's either Germany somewhere mm. around there or America. No, Brazil. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and so... Um, I think I think I have messed this up. That's okay. Anyway, so while awaiting the details of her assignment in Rio, Alicia and Devlin fall in love. Aww. Which was yeah, my so least favorite part of this movie, if I'm honest. It was so rushed. It was just it was just suddenly oh yeah uh, we 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 didn't like each other at all, and then three now we're banging. Three minutes is not enough time no. for chemistry, no matter. No, no matter who you are. And so, yeah, I th- that was my... You could do a lot in three minutes. Yeah, yeah. They, they tried, but... Um, yeah. It's not well in this. <laughs> although Devlin's feelings are complicated because he knows about Alicia's promiscuous past. Mm, and it's oh. the 1940s. Yeah. <laughs> Devil um, woman. So then Devlin gets instructions to persuade Alicia to seduce Alex Sebastian one of her father's friends and a leading member of the group. De- the Nazis. Member, oh, yeah, of the, of the Nazis. In Brazil. <laughs> In Brazil. Um, she um, really has to try hard to seduce him too, eh? Are you being... I'm, I'm, I mean, he's just, he's just like, he's just like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I was like, I, I couldn't tell if you were joking or not. No, I, I, I was. Um, and so, yeah, so she is... Basically, there to be a sex worker in the ni- in a nineteen forties <laughs> film, and we are here yeah. for it. Um, so Devlin fails to convince his superiors that Alicia is not fit for the job, um, and he is also informed that Sebastian was once in love with Alicia. Bomb. Hold on. <laughs> Green. Wait. No. No, I want. <laughs> Oh, yeah. so you're rooting for the Nazi. <laughs> no, I was saying it was once in love. So I was like, yay, love. Oh. Rather than three minutes. But no. the Nazi's more like a... Boo love. What's this one? <laughs> no. <laughs> not that one. Or is it... No, not that one either. Okay, okay I'm going to stop pressing sound effects. Can I go on, please? Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're getting too sidetracked with he that. Loves the, he loves the soundboard too much. Uh, so Devlin puts up a stoic front when he informs Alicia about the mission. Alicia concludes that he was merely pretending to love her as a part of his job. It's rough. He was pretending to love you for those three minutes. Yeah. Uh, Heartbreak. Yeah. You're right there, Jacob? Yep. Yeah. Carry on. You, okay. You look at more uranium or? facts? No, my oh. phone started ringing, so I just kind of hung up on it. Right. So Devlin um, basically comes up with the idea to have Alicia and Sebastian meet at a riding club that Sebastian goes to like every morning as rich people do in Brazil. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, so they're riding along and he like whacks Alicia's horse and she like gallops off and then Sebastian yeah. comes and grabs her and rescues, well not res- well I guess rescues. Rescues her from a horse. A horse, yeah. And then they're like, oh, hey, I know you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they shake hands. Um, it's real cute. <laughs> it's a meat cute. 
But it's not because it's a Nazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nazis are not cute. Watch it again does not endorse Nazis or, cu- or the cuteness of them. No. 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 <laughs> um, so we yeah. don't like – just to clarify, we definitely do not like Nazis. <laughs> just to put that out there now. Just put a disclaimer at the start yeah. of this. Just put in the description. No, just right now. Fuck the Nazis. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Carry Thank on. You. So Sebastian recognises her and invites her to dinner where he says that he always knew they would be re- reunited. <laughs> creepy. Um, imagine him in this day and age. He'd just be like stalking the shit out of her Instagram. <laughs> he's got um, he's got big incel energy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> I really got Jacob. <laughs> See, I'm funny sometimes. Fucking hell. <laughs> It's that creepy old dude that just like say, hey, on yeah. Instagram. Why aren't you answering me? <laughs> yeah, it's like 40 we'll messages. Give you lots of money. Yeah, come join my Nazi cult. Yeah. Oh no. Um, so Sebastian quickly invites Alicia to dinner the following night at his home where he will host um, a few business, equ- business, <laughs> Nazi acquaintances. Uranium business. Or Nazis. Um, yeah. Devlin and Captain Paul Prescott of the US Secret Service tell Alicia to memorize the names and nationalities of everyone there. Okay. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. For someone who has had like no spy training to and remember. And is an alcoholic. Like, and is an alcoholic. <laughs> At a party. To remember like five people. Uh, well, how many people was like there? Like 10 ish. Yeah. Ten. But also like. How often do you like you meet someone you introduce and you have no idea who they are? Like yeah, ten minutes so later. many times. Like, I, I also liked in that scene. It's like please remember their names and their nationalities and whatever. And else. But also don't don't ask any questions or say anything. Just keep yeah. to yourself. But remember, find yeah. out this information. Yeah. <laughs> Just eavesdrop on every conversation because they're suddenly going to say, "Oh, don't forget, I'm from Poland." <laughs> like. That's so silly. Sticks her head in, but like, can I help you? Oh no no no! no. Just oh, no, no. shuffles away. <laughs> I'm doing a survey. <laughs> What's your name? And where you where were you born? And what do you do? <laughs> Sorry, just just answer the form. It's for my college assignment. And if you were to hide uranium somewhere, women where didn't would go you to be? college then. Shut up! <laughs> it's the first thing I could think of to make an excuse for why she was taking a survey. Um, it's for the Secret Service. Oh shit! <laughs> so at dinner, Alicia notices that a guest becomes agitated at the sight of a certain wine bottle, and is ushered quickly from the room. Excuse me. Um, when the gentlemen are alone at the end of the dinner, the guest apologises and tries to go home, but another of the Nazi group insists on driving him and it is implied that he will be killed. Woo! <laughs> we oh, like yeah, dead Nazis. Nazi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't endorse mo- murder, but we like but dead we, Nazis. If it's, not, if it's Nazis, we can half condone it. Maybe. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Watch it again does not condone murder. In any form. Nazi. No, if it's a Nazi, it's fine. Just because a... No. 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 Murder in any form. It's not okay. <laughs> For everyone at home, Jacob's showing us a picture of uh, Healthy Harold, the uh, children's mascot, saying it's okay to punch Nazis. <laughs> it's not okay to punch anyone. You shouldn't sink to their level. No, healthy communities are fascist-free communities. That's what, that's what Healthy Harold says. Can I go on, yes, please? please yeah, I'm going to add that to our story. No. Any, Why? Any thoughts on what this, this week's episode will be? Oh my god. So Alicia reports to Devlin. Um, you can add Sebastian's name to my list of playmates. So yeah. What very <laughs> promiscuous there. Um, not condoning that. Like. Not condoning promiscuity. Yeah. No. Hundred <laughs> percent no. Not that sort of promis- promiscuity. Um. <laughs> The Nazi kind? No, the playmate kind. (laughs) Ah, right. (laughs) When Sebastian proposes, Alicia informs Devlin. He coldly tells her to do whatever she wants. Deeply disappointed, she marries Sebastian. Also, basically like a three-minute romance there as well. Yeah, but that one's meant meant to be not a real romance, so we can accept that. Yeah. Um, after she returns from her honeymoon, Alicia is able to tell Devlin that the key ring her husband gave her lacks the key to the wine cellar. That and the bottle episode at dinner leads Devlin to urge Alicia to hold a grand party so he can investigate. And grand it is. Alicia secretly steals the key from Sebastian's ring 
and Devlin and Alicia search the cellar. I just want to pause there because mm-hmm. the shot of her hand. Yes, I'm listening. I really I'm don't post- think you I'm are. I'm posting on our story. Are you pretty, uh, You can't swear on <laughs> the our shot story. of her hand. So yeah, you know how they're like standing up on like the what's it called? Like a mezzanine kind of thing. Yeah. Going down to yeah. the, the stairs and it like zooms in on her hand and she's like got the key. Yes. Perfection. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna tell me like that's not actually Ingrid Bergman's hand. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Might not be. I was just I was just gonna say like that's a really nice it's shot. Yeah, it is. It's a very Hitchcock shot. Yes. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thanks. No, I, that's a good shot. Thank you. Stop with the soundboard. You gotta no, we're not doing sound anymore. <laughs> I'm vetoing the sound. Damn it. Um so Devlin accidentally breaks a bottle when he gets radiation poisoning and dies. <laughs> but only minor, right, Jake? Only mm. minor radiation poisoning. Oh, yes. what sort of movie did you watch? He died in my one. <laughs> no, he didn't. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, did I miss something like, here? Kat, you told me the version to watch. What are you talking about? Um, so, yeah, inside is black sand, later proven to be uranium ore. Ugh, I needed some water. Devlin takes a sample, cleans up, and locks the door as Sebastian comes down for more champagne. But he doesn't clean up well enough. No. No, 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 no. Alicia and Devlin kiss to cover their tracks. <laughs> Devlin makes an exit. Sebastian realizes that the cellar key is missing, yet overnight it is returned to his key ring. Oh no 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 no! I would just think I was going crazy. Honestly, yeah. I'd just be like, "Fuck! I swear that wasn't there." I'm very good at losing my keys, so yeah. there's no yeah, way like, I'd ever I'm notice. I'm just fucking dumb. Yeah. I suppose if you're a part of a like a Nazi, Nazi conspiracy, <laughs> yeah. you're a, a bit more paranoid than the average person. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. So he goes back down to the cellar. And he finds glass and the black sand um, from the broken bottle and also notices that, like, the bottle's vintage, like, the date on it is not matching that on the rest of the shelf. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. That very dramatic wine bottle pan. Yeah. (laughs) Now, Sebastian, Sebastian. he has a problem. Yeah. Someone knows he's a Nazi with uranium. He must silence Alicia but cannot expose her without revealing his own blunder to his fellow Nazis. Because then he'll get silenced. Because then he'll go on a nice little car ride with them. Mm-hmm. Probably get a bullet in the bum. The bum? Yep. In the bum. Right up the bum. <laughs> Seems oh. ineffective. No, yeah. It's a slow, painful death. Ah. <laughs> would, oh, yeah. <laughs> so when Sebastian discusses the situation with his mother. Watch your back, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Guys, we can't let him know that we're playing this murder. Guys, it's, it's, it's all right. Allegedly. Nick, Nick won't listen to this part. No yes. one tell Nick or send to his social media that Kat, Jacob and James are planning his murder. Or no one tell the police either. Yeah, this, this is a joke, by the way. Yes, definitely a joke. We try very hard to be a comedy podcast. Yeah. It doesn't always land, but you know. We hope that. We I, that I really hope that that landed. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Sebastian discusses the situation with his mother. He's very much a mummy's boy, which we yeah. see in a lot of movies. Uh, Hitchcock movies, yeah. Maybe he was a mummy's boy. I think he was. What's that thing that when you're actually, like, physically in love with your mum, that syndrome thing? Oh, Otophilia. Yeah, that's oh. the one. Maybe he had that. Never mind. I didn't know. I, I was just going to say yeah. that was a Freudian It's a Freudian thing, right? concept, yeah. yeah. Um, it's Shakespeare explored it a lot. Very incestuous. Um, I think that's what it's named after. It's a okay, character. so his mother suggests that Alicia should die slowly by poisoning. They poison her coffee and she quickly falls ill. During a visit from oh. Sebastian's friend, Dr. Anderson, Alicia realises both whether uranium has been mined and what is causing her sickness. Alicia, uranium? Yes. <laughs> Alicia collapses and is taken to her room where the telephone has been removed and she too... She is too weak to leave. So I want to talk about another shot. Mm-hmm. So you know the shot where Alicia is sitting on the like the the chair. The chair when she has a and the coffee t- cup coffee, is, yep. and they're both yeah. in focus. Yep. 
So Hitchcock got that shot um, by using a giant coffee cup placed further away than it appears. Genius. Yeah. Perspective. Yeah. Big There's a lot of perspective shots with this because, which I'll touch on a bit later, Claude Rains was like four or five inches shorter than Ingrid Bergman. And they, uh, and they were like, you can't be shorter than the, the your wife, you know. Unacceptable. The 1940s and yeah. you're a man. Yeah. It's um, like Tom Cruise still does that. don't exist. Tom Cruise still has to be like tall and everyone is like, and he's like a female co-star. Because he's like 5'8 or whatever he is. He's a midget. He's like, excuse five me, eight, I'm 5'7. That's, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, but... You're female, so average height's lower than male average height. I'm five I'm nine, still offended that you call people of my height midgets. I'm sorry, but I'm saying Tom Cruise is like, I've got to be taller, I've got to be six foot one. And there's like shots of him like standing on boxes and like platforms in his shoes to make him appear taller than his like female shots, coaster. Shots in the movies? Or no, like, like behind, behind the scene yeah. shots of his like shoes are like, like a two inch like platform in them. So he's taller than who he's on screen with. I'm like, that's just depressing. Just embrace your height. Cat has. I'm taller than the average <laughs> female. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not going to dinner with you <gasps> after this. <laughs> She's bailed. Yeah, I'm too tired, guys. Okay, right. anyway. I have some hummus and flaffles. Um, <laughs> yeah, fucking serves you right. <laughs> Calm as a bitch. Okay, anyway, carrying on. So Devlin becomes alarmed when Alicia fails to appear at their rendezvous for five days and sneaks into Alicia's room where she tells him that Sebastian and his mother poisoned her. After confessing his love for her, yet again, Devlin carries Small. her out of the mountain. Uh, of the, the mountain. mountain. <laughs> That's an impressive. That was last week. Uh, in the uranium yeah. mine, in the mountain. And, and, and she mountain was talking was last about, week. yeah. Okay. He carries her out of the mansion. That's better. In full view of Sebastian's co-conspirators. Sebastian and his mother go along with Devlin's story that Alicia must go to the hospital. Outside, Sebastian begs to go with them, knowing that the Nazis suspect the truth. But Devlin and Alicia drive away, leaving Sebastian behind to meet his fate. Now, the question is, did he kill all of them before they killed him? God, no. I don't think he's the gunslinging type. (laughs) Just walks in there with a Tommy gun and just opens fire. If anything, I (laughs) I would put my bets on the mother. She just so whips yeah. out like two machine MP5s she'd and just unloads on them all. She'd do something. Uh, I, think, I think you're looking at MP40s back. Saying, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you, but yes, you are correct, James. Sorry. Sorry, that was the lamest thing I've ever said on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, shit. <laughs> Hitchcock came up with the idea um, in for the actual movie in 1944 and pitched it as, quote, the story of a woman sold for political purposes into sexual enslavement. Oh, fuck yeah. He pitched this to William Dozier. <laughs> Careful how you say that. An that RKO was, yeah. studio executive. Dozier quickly entered into talks with Selznick, um, offering to buy the property and its personal of course he personnel did. for production at RKO. However, Selznick already had an interest in it, and so st- it started off under his production company. Um. Among the many changes to the original story was the introduction of a MacGuffin. Do you guys know what that is? Something that makes the plot move forward that without it, nothing would work. Yeah, we had a MacGuffin last week. In most movies we have. What's the MacGuffin? The uranium? Yeah, so the cachet of uranium being held in Sebastian's wine cellar is the MacGuffin. A lot of movies on our list have one. It's like without that moment that is so convenient to the plot, that without it, the plot never works. Never, yeah. It's just a Hitchcock classic, and he really developed this. The plot MacGuffin. Yeah. What a name, though, the MacGuffin. MacGuffin. Why? I think it was named after a person. I think it was named um, after the McMuffin. <laughs> <laughs> when did McDonald's even start? <laughs> Not this early. Wait, I, I actually don't know. About Probably like the de- 70s. Like, no, it's like the 50s. Okay. Jeez. Go watch The Founder. Okay. I might. It's a really good movie. <laughs> My plug <laughs> early. Um, so, where am I up to? Don't know. Uh, MacGuffin. Uh, just oh, after yeah. that. McMuffins. So, at the time, it was not common knowledge that uranium was being used in the development of the atomic bomb, and Selznick had trouble understanding its use as a plot device. Um, Hitchcock actually later claimed that he was followed by the F- FBI for several months after he discussed um, uranium with Robert 
Milliken at Caltech in the mid nineteen in mid nineteen forty five, which wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. they were like sauce on everyone. Um, and he actually consulted a Nobel Prize winning physicist, physicist or or chemist or something about it, and he was like, I can't confirm that uranium is used in this, and I can't tell you like exactly what it's made up of, but like, wink, yeah. wink. Nudge, nudge, nudge. Know, know what I mean? Uranium, buddy. <laughs> Put me in your movie. Um, so by June 1945, Notorious reached its turning point. Selznick was, quote, losing faith in a film that never really interested him. Um, the MacGuffin still bothered him, as did the Devlin character, and he worried that audiences would dislike the Alicia character. More worries. More worries. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, she is obnoxious. Yes. More worrisome, though, was the drain on his on his cash reserves, um, like from another movie, um, and he agreed to sell Notorious back to RKO, um, including the script, Bergman and Hitchcock. Um, he sold it for, I think, $800,000 and still had a 50% cut of the profits. Um, and because of that, he nice. tried to influence the script – However, after a rewrite in which, um, like, his writer tried to give the characters more dimensioned, more dimension, <laughs> it was um, <laughs> it wasn't used by Hitchcock at all. He was just like, no, nah, this is loadable. Hmm. Um, so, principal photography began on. Can you can you guys hear that? Yeah, I can hear that. I can't hear that. What feedback? Really? Yeah. Oh, it's gone now. Oh, it Maybe must it was have been my your phone. phone. Yeah. Weird, because I, I didn't hear it at all. Oh, sorry about that. So In weird. mine. Right. Don't, put, on. don't be on your phone <laughs> while you're on the podcast, nah, Jake. You're on your... No, okay. I'm on my phone because <gasps> I'm reading this I didn't hear that. I didn't hear it at all. Okay. So principal photography began in October 1945 and wrapped up in February 46. Um, it was structured the way Hitchcock preferred to shoot um with most of of the shooting being done indoors on sound stages um and like using rear projection there is the shots. worst rear projection sort of like brazil in this yeah. or something. like it's like just the blurriest thing ever and it's like it's meant to be just he's meant to be outside and that's meant to be what's behind him and it's like you can barely make out the yeah. city and it's <laughs> terrible that is not real um so yeah uh where am I up to again? My writing is so small. I need a bigger writing. On your phone? Yeah. Did you take a photo of your real writing? No. <laughs> I just need to increase the font size. <laughs> but I'm always done, so I'm not going to bother okay. with that. So the only scene requiring outdoor filming was the one at the writing club where Devlin and Alicia meet um, Sebastian. Um, this scene was shot at the Los Angeles country abort. abort I don't know that word. And Botanic Garden um, oh. in Arcadia, California. Is it like the tree thing? Yeah. The ar- arboretum. Arboretum. Yeah, yeah. No. Show me the word. Yeah, I want to know now. It's this word. It'll be the tree, some kind of tree word, surely. Yeah, arbitor- like arboretum or whatever you say. There's one in camera. It's arboretum. really nice. No, but it's like a tree. Arbor- arboretum, I think is. Yeah, that sounds, that looks a lot better than, yeah. Arboretum. <laughs> I don't know, but it's where trees and stuff are. Um, it's the only place. So with everything, shut up. <laughs> with every, Sorry. with everything stage bound, um, shooting was relatively smooth, um, and there were very few problems. Like the only real problem was the fact that Claude Rains um, stood three or four inches shorter than Ingrid Bergman. Yeah. Um, Big problem. Yeah. So for the scenes where Reigns and Bergman were to walk hand in hand, Hitchcock devised a system of ramps that boosted Reigns' height, yet were unseen by the camera. Amazing. How cool. <laughs> sort of platform. He also suggested Reigns try elevator shoes. Um, big ass heels. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if um, Tom Cruise has ever had to walk in um, a system of ramps. I don't know. He just, no, he just takes the... Elevated shoes. Elevated was, was Reigns a big name? Was it like it, it's funny that since it was such a big issue, they didn't cast a taller guy. I know. I, I don't know. <laughs> or a shorter woman. 
Yeah. No, you got to have. She was the first I, yeah. one signed on to this. That's what I was going to say. Ingrid Bergman's a big name, whereas yeah. I, maybe Reigns was. I'm not familiar with 1940s mm. Hollywood. I don't know if I had my phone, I'd look up his IMDb. Maybe I will, since Cat <laughs> still trust me with mine. So, yeah, I won't confiscate yours. So, one of the signature scenes in Notorious is the two and a half minute kiss that Hitchcock interrupts every three seconds um, to slip the scene through the three-second rule crack in the production code. So you know how, like, when I spoke about um, double indemnity, they couldn't have the good guys getting away, basically. They couldn't have the bad guy getting away. You know, like, that was part of the code back then. Because it had to be all morally approved. And so... At the time, the production code, you could only have a three-second kiss, basically. And this one goes for two and a half minutes. And so that's why it was, like, oddly, like, weirdly interrupted a bit. Right. Yeah. Uh, Just to come back to Reigns, it seems like he was a a pretty – he was in Casablanca. Yeah, and with Ingrid Bergman. Yeah, Yeah. and and a few Did he wear platforms in that? I do not have that information available (laughs) to Um. So, yeah, and apparently Bergman and Grant felt weird filming it, as you would. Yeah. But Hitchcock was like, it'll look right on the this screen. Just fucking smooch, bro. Yeah. Um, it's definitely how Hitchcock smoke. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, hook up. Hook up. Hook up. Do it. Do it. Um, and he would throw a live bird at them. Because <laughs> that's something he did. What's that from? Which the birds. Oh, yes. The rule murdered a woman. So. <laughs> it's so bad. We kind of talked uh-huh. about those shots. Um, Yuck. But yeah. <laughs> just behave. Cats really had it with <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so there's quite a few themes throughout this. Obviously, like, mother as a central figure and drinking. Um, but I think, yeah, the drinking is the biggest kind of thing that weaves itself through this movie like you've got her being an alcoholic at the start and then like the fact that the uranium is in the the whole MacGuffin is is in the the wine bottle yeah Yeah. and then at the end and then drinking the poison you Mm, know true um yeah just little so the trick is never to ingest liquids and everything will be okay oh no (laughs) I've been poisoned (laughs) oh no I bring my own Cat can't poison me if I bring my own. Mate, I've got my ways. Ah, shit. You went to the toilet before. Oh, yeah, I've been murdered. <laughs> That's it. So the film made she at the time... the toilet seat with uranium. No, I was, I was thinking like the, the, the water in the sink. From Sorry, the tap. Cat. I've almost, I had literally three <laughs> that time, that time was two him. of them are That was him. That was him. Jacob, all right, shutting up. Have a quiet... I'm almost on a time now. Okay, the film made at the time $4.85 million, which... In today's money is $177 what, what, what? million. Dollars. That's James's job. I've, I've taken over, guys. You just... We, we I didn't even <laughs> include it last week because you weren't here. In theatrical rentals... Um, oh, sorry, I just deleted half a sentence. <laughs> How do you keep doing this? I don't know. <laughs> I was drinking wine when I was writing this. Um, so it was one of the highest See, grossing drink. films of the year. Um, sorry, a bit of trivia. Fun, fun facts, Jacob. sad facts, and all the facts in between. Yeah, I only have two pieces of trivia. Wait, wait. One, one of one of them involves one of like. Okay, <laughs> you're a Star Wars fan, right? Fuck, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so in the animated television series Star Wars: The Clone Wars, yes. the season two episode "Senate Spy" is almost a line for line adaptation of Notorious, even even going so far as to frame the final shot of the episode the same way as the movie. Did you know that? <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have said that at the start. <laughs> and then coming back to Tom Cruise. Which episode is it? I'm not sure. Just a season two episode. Okay, Senate no. Spy. Coming back to Tom Cruise, just to end the my trivia on. Mm-hmm. Mission Impossible 2 paid um, strong homage to Notorious. But the plot is about a deadly virus instead of uranium. Uh, with the core story, many of the scenes and some of the dialogue from Notorious being used. Is that the one where it's a massive ad for the Sydney 2000 Olympics? I don't know. Is it? Yeah, that is. No idea. That's cool. The whole thing. So the whole movie set in Sydney. Oh. Right? Did they, did they film in Sydney? Yeah. Cool. And there's these big sweeping shots of like the city 
and then like it's just all like the whole thing just looks like it's an ad for Sydney. Like, look at this cool city and there's action in it. I actually think I might watch Mission Impossible tonight. Well, not the first one. They the get good one. from number four. <laughs> I like the first that one. That was a good sign. Yeah, but it's like number four is like a soft reboot and like Jeremy Renner and stuff come in and it just gets better. And you don't I, – I'm sure I've watched Mission Impossible a long time ago. I think I've seen you, the one. Do you need to watch the first ones then to no. enjoy number four? Fantastic. You can literally watch – okay, you can watch the first three, just whatever, from four – You'd probably should watch like four, five, six, seven. Because I get because there's I, like returning characters and interconnecting stories and stuff. I often have people be like, "Oh, this this TV show is so good. The first two seasons are a bit meh. You got to stick with it." I'm like, I'm not spending twenty plus hours <laughs> yeah. on yeah. meh to get to something that might not even be great. Yeah, yeah that's fair. But you could comfortably start a Mission Impossible yeah, four and be fine if you can jump into it. Then yeah, it's fine. The first one's good though. Like I don't. The second one's garbage. <laughs> Okay, well, I don't want to watch that. And the third one's... <laughs> but is that all of your report, Kat? That is my report. Well on Notorious. I'm surprised... That, well, actually, I'm not surprised I went for 45 minutes because half of that's you just talking <laughs> shit. <laughs> that's what that's what our list is like, is our tangents. Well, Jacob. Oh, I was about to ask <laughs> <laughs> oh, You made direct eye contact and you started saying it a split second before I was going to. <laughs> I wanted to make sure you didn't talk any more shit. Would you watch this again? No. You want to elaborate? Really? <laughs> no. Okay. Just, I don't know. It was, it was kind of boring. After, like, I feel like last week's a better spy story. See, I thought this week was a better no, spy story. I, just, I, I was just like, this eh. so much more engaging. Uh, I was, I think, I don't know. Last week I'd like, yeah, fuck yeah, this is sick. This week I was just like, eh. Maybe it's because it was too, like. I feel like, like there was real stakes in this one. Like, yeah. I thought she actually might die. I wouldn't have mind. Yeah, I wasn't. Oh, no, I wasn't overly <laughs> attached to her, but, you know. I hadn't been looking at like how far through I was for a while when I got to the end. So the the big like the staircase scene, I was like, "Oh, is it gonna, like is there gonna be like a, a shootout yeah. sort of thing in here?" Like I wasn't sure of the stakes of like if someone was gonna die, and then yeah. the movie was over two minutes later. I kind of wanted some murders, like a little be- action piece there. A couple people got shot would have been pretty cool. Mm. You know, shoot your way out, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, well, then I assume, Cat, you would watch it again. Maybe if someone wanted, yeah. if someone wanted like a good Hitchcock film to watch, I'd sit down and watch it with them. But last week was the best Hitchcock film we'd had, I and mean, you agreed to that. No, I said <laughs> it changes every week because I yeah. really liked Vertigo. And did he do Double Indemnity? I think maybe yeah. I don't know. I don't. Remember. Again, if I had yeah. my phone, I could let you know. No, I just do it on my watch. Rear Window's been my favorite one. Rear Window's a really, really good film. I think it's just so different to a lot of his other things. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, I. Oh, James, would you watch it again? I'll ask you so you feel asked. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a. I'm a slight no. Like I didn't. I. I enjoyed it enough. Um, but yeah, the not feeling the chemistry of the main love story really yeah. hit it for me. Just that, that it wasn't developed enough, and it's not like it was a long movie. They could have. Yeah. Developed yeah, it's only like an I hour think. forty-five. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the stakes were good. The um, like the spy stuff was fun and interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm also predisposed against old movies, which it's going to be interesting since most of the remainder of the list is. Well, really that's old why movies. I picked this one because it was the oldest movie we had to go. Oh, really? Yeah. Don't worry, we still have two Japanese films to go. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, mean, I like Seven Samurai. What? I liked Seven Samurai. Yeah. I didn't say I'd watch it again because it was so fucking long, but I did so like long. it. Yeah. yeah, but it's two Double to go. speed fighting is great. It did look, yeah. <laughs> it looked a lot more interesting. Um, well, cool. So we? that means it's time for... What we've been watching and what we're excited for. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that you were on the same wavelength that I was then. You guys have been on the same wavelength all night and I'm missing out. <laughs> oh, look, I got my phone back so I can look at what I've been watching. Okay. Can, can I can start? Yeah, go for it. So I'm literally the, about to say because it's your week, you go first. In the, um, in the same line of like poisoning, I've been watching The Serpent. Actually, I just finished The Serpent this morning. It's a new series on Netflix. Mm. It's about um, Charles. Shit, I can't remember his last name. Anyway, he the one with Jenna Coleman in it. Yes, I saw the trailer and it looked interesting. It's really interesting. Um, except it's so fucking confusing. <laughs> so basically, he's this serial killer that operated in um, Thailand in like the seventies, 
and he would just like pick up backpackers and stuff and drug them and steal their like shit and then like steal their passports and like start traveling under their passports so the police couldn't catch him and things like that and what I found most interesting was the character that Jenna Coleman plays which is his I guess love interest but she really is kind of like just sucked into his world and cannot leave because he like he has so much gravity and she just like can't get out of it does that make sense yes it's like sometimes you think she's in love with him and then sometimes you just know that she like wants to escape but just cannot um that is very bad (laughs) yeah yeah um what was I going to say? I don't know. I was going to say something. Should we come back to you? Is no. That, oh, no. It's it's point? about the serpent. Um, snake. <laughs> you Sorry. Said, you said... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> come back to me. I'm sure... Okay. Jacob, yeah. what have you okay. been watching? Um, more Superstore. That was something I mentioned. Me and Nick mentioned last oh, week. Both of us been watching that. that. I, I saw that on the... Yeah, comments. real good. Um, I also watched a thing... But you blanking. Oh my god! <laughs> because I'm really, I'm always prepared for this, and it gets to the. I'm like through the whole episode. I'm like, yeah, I watched this. I watched this, and then it's it's time to talk about it. And so, should we go to me before yeah. we come back but, to either but of you? I did start reading um, the new Doctor Who Time Lord Victorious comic issue oh. one. Really good. Recommend. Cool. It's good. Like they're kind of just going like it's like an alternate sort of timeline thing. And it's like multiple doctors and the universe is caving in and it's oh, a fun. really good story. Like, it, you know, there's one that I haven't read yet that's like Jodie Whittaker's Doctor and like the fifth Doctor doing stuff. Like it's it's doc- d- The one after Tom Baker, isn't he? Yeah, like Pete Davidson, um, David Tennant's father-in-law. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, there you go. So Georgia Moffat, Everyone's who's David Tennant's wife. who pl- so She also had a cameo on... Yeah, so she yeah. plays the Doctor's daughter in she- the episode where the Doctor's hand gets... DNA stripped and cloned. She's not related to Stephen Moffat. No. <laughs> so she is Peter Davidson's daughter because Peter Davidson's real name is Peter Moffat, but because someone was already registered in the UK actors thing as Peter Moffat, Davidson. he had to pick his own name. So it was Davidson. The same thing. The same thing that David Tennant's real name is David McDonald, but again, there was already a registered David Tennant. So he, sorry, right, David McDonald. So he had to register as David Tennant. See, at least Tennant is more interesting than McDonald. Yeah. So, in what I was saying, that the doctor's daughter daughter is actually his wife is actually a doctor's daughter, but also the doctor's wife <laughs> because she is the direct daughter of a man that played the doctor, then and also the played a version of the doctor that she played his daughter but then married him but she's yeah you it's could just not have made that sound more fucking confusing. Men- yeah i know it's really not but though. anyway the co- like the whole storyline it's across like audiobooks and comics and like actual like books as well it's just great then they just do they're just going for it in a big you know story that's just separate to the so tv stuff yeah, yeah it's just not so it's kind of like an alternate timeline sort of thing. Like it's not related to the TV show like canonically at all, but it's just that we're still a big story and let's do it. And I like it. I rate it. Yeah. If you're a Doctor Who fan, I would say check it the fuck out because there's just countless different mediums that it's on and everyone's back. Christopher Eccleston's doing some audiobooks. Paul McGann's oh, doing some audiobooks. What? Like everyone's just doing it like – that's Christopher so Eccleston cool. hasn't done anything Doctor Who for 15 years and he's out there recording audio books. So it's a beautifully cool. underrated Doctor. Yeah, so it's really good, yeah. like Big Finish. So it's all, like all the audio books are full cast. That's awesome. So instead of someone just reading a book, it's just an it's audio drama. Like everyone is playing the characters that they played on the show and whatnot. And it's That's just great. That's awesome. cool. Yeah, so check it out. Cool. James? I was going to say, Kat, did you fight your own Oh, I think I didn't, but I just thought of something else. Sure. So I listened to another podcast. <gasps> There's more podcasts. Other no, than we us. are the only one. <laughs> um, about The Shining, and oh. it kind of was comparing the book to the movie. And obviously, I've seen the movie. Um, and then they were talking so much about the book and about obviously, like it's very different. Nice one. Um, I'll confiscate your phone again. (laughs) It wasn't my phone that time. It was the clip for the cord. Um, 
And so I read The Shining over like a period of two days and it was How was phenomenal. It? Really? Really, really. You should borrow it. It's a really, really easy read. Like it's one of the better Stephen King books I have read. some of them, if you read it, it's I'm not a fucking read slog. <laughs> I'm not going to read it. I've got Under the Dome and it's been sitting on my bookshelf for like too, the last 10 years. It's like I, 17 inches thick. I have not read it because it's going to be a massive undertaking. But yeah, The Shining, if you haven't read it, and you like the movie, I would highly recommend reading it because it's, I mean, the characters are so different. Like just, yeah, Wendy is so different. Like she's so much more of a badass in the the book than the movie. Denny speaks in the book and is like a very very precocious (laughs) five-year-old and like is very aware of what he, his abilities. Okay. Um. And Jack Torrance is just, like, it's really – because, I mean, they kind of get into it in the movie, like, his total, like, his alcoholism and then, like, his, they kind of his make up for it into in Doctor Sleep. Like, I think they really make up for some of the pitfalls of the original yeah. Shining movie and really, like, go back, back. into it and, like, expand yeah. it a lot better. But that being said, The Shining, like, the movie – is still one of my favourite movies. Oh, yeah, it's still You've great. got to just hold them apart in your yeah. mind because it's, yeah, but it's really, really good, really good. And also there is an maze at the end. It's um, topiary animals. It's like a giant rabbit and lions and a puppy. It's oh, fuck. freaky. It's freaky as fuck. Yeah, right. Different. Yeah. Do you, do you get scared reading books? I actually have never read a horror book. That would be the first horror yeah, okay. book I have read. But that being said, that was more... Like, I would class that as more thriller. Yeah. If I was to read it, I'm sure, I would, like, that would be like, horror, but I am not reading it because that will give me nightmares and I will actually be scared, I'm Because, sure. like, I know people, like, read horror books and, like, genuinely get scared and, like, have to put it down. But, like, I read it knowing for a while that there's, like, fucked up. Thing. Yeah. But it's, like, it's just not the I was, same like, it's a book. A like, I think I'm, like, if I was watching this, mm. not a fan. Yeah. But, like, reading it, you're just, like, oh, yeah, like. I think there's a difference between being scared by something you can like see, see yeah. versus something you're like imagining. I think yeah, yeah there's yeah. like uncomfortability in yeah. it because I mean especially in it there is a scene where fourteen year olds have a fucking orgy. Yeah. yeah. But which is great that that's left out of the fucking movie I'm because that, that would be just not on. Yeah. But Stephen think, King, what were you thinking? Yeah, but I think you can like you can disconnect when you're reading yeah. easier. You can just like, oh yeah, it, this is what's happening. Because like. it doesn't well, like in my mind, it doesn't play out like a movie. Yeah, it plays out in like kind of scenes. Yeah, yeah. So think, and I always think like if I watch a movie before I read the book, you find yourself just picturing what those like you have what a you better got in the movie. Well, I think the really good thing but about it's like this what sh- the person looks like. Yeah. You just picture that actor, which I think like can sometimes be a good thing. But then other times, if you read a book. And then go watch the movie. You're like, that's not how I expected that person to look in my brain yeah. from yeah. the description I got. Well, I think like with The Shining, Denny and Jack, I didn't picture any differently. I still like pictured him as Jack Nicholson because yeah. that just worked really well. But yeah. um, Wendy is like a completely different character in the book and she is like physically described and yeah. she is a very – like has a very different, different yeah. physicality and like she has beautiful blonde hair and long luscious legs and like all this in the book and I'm like thanks you misogynistic ass but also <laughs> like it, it it was easier to separate that kind of yeah. image in your mind yeah which I think was really good and also I haven't seen The Shining since we watched it for this which would have been like over a year, a year ago. ago yeah yeah it's an early one wasn't it yeah I think it was I one didn't of even the first know. so long man first twenty I think. It's like the other day I was like, I saw a movie on the show. I was like, huh, I wonder if that's on our list. And then I was like, huh, we did an episode on that last year. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> what movie was it? I don't even remember. No, when I was in JB Hi-Fi, I was like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Because I was looking in the 4K section. Because mm, bought the Back to the Future box set. Okay. Anyway, James. Um. So I've watched two movies recently. Um... One was, I think it's like 2003 or so, um, A Beautiful Mind oh, with um, our boy Rusty Crow. Um, I mean, I he is a Kiwi. So long. Sorry? He is a Kiwi. Yeah, but we claim him. <laughs> no, we stopped Australia, claiming him when he smacked old mate with a phone. Oh, yeah, never, yeah, never mind. Hold what? on. 
did, have you not heard that Russell, Russell Crowe story? He was in a little place in my heart. But like he was at a hotel and he was like getting really angry at the person was, that was working there and he picked up the phone on the desk and smashed them in the head with it. <gasps> so like 15 years ago or so, 20 years ago now maybe. Oh, well, he will smack someone in the head with a like phone. Back in the two th- that was like in 2000. But every time they're like, yeah, that's a very Russell Crowe thing to do. And now he just owns a football team. And a farm. I've been to his farm. Was he there? No. It was like a, the tourist <laughs> part of the farm. <laughs> oh, I was like, that is fucking why. Did you he owns a whole bunch of I was like, shit. did you secretly have dinner with Russell Crowe and not tell us? <laughs> yeah. He, like, he used to be my neighbour. Like, you know, I just. Yeah, sick. Knew who he was. But um, have you sorry, s- that's okay. Have you seen and Margot it? Robbie used to live down the road too. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, like I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking country folk. What the hell? But um, have you seen it, Jacob? I have beautiful not. Mind. No. So it's um spoilers for a beautiful mind. It's um seven, eighteen yeah. years ago. Yeah, it's fine. Um, it's about a um a mathematician who um develops pretty severe schizophrenia, and oh. um like uh or it might be a, a certain other. Like yeah. disease, but it's like essentially he's he sees people that aren't there and everything, right? Um, but it's and he like he thinks he's doing all this work for the government, and then you like you think he is as well, and then you find out that he's imagined it all, and that while he like is still a brilliant mathematician, like none of this other half of his life actually exists. Yeah. Um, it ter- and it turns out being very wholesome in the end because it's also really about his wife that kind of like held on with him the whole time. Yeah. I just can't see Russell Crowe being wholesome. He's either just beating people up or fighting them with swords. <laughs> yeah, well, I, um, it's from um, a list that um, my partner and I are going through of like, and Gladiator is also one there. So I do Gladiator need to see it. Gladiator is so good. I, I think I saw it like a, like when I was 12 or something, but yeah. I've completely forgotten it. So watch I'm Gladiator it. and watch Troy and watch Braveheart. And then watch <laughs> Robin Hood. <laughs> Fuck no. Just a With him of in it because it's a bashed. fucking weird movie. <laughs> He's just—it's like I'm Robin Hood, but I'm the leader of the British Army, and we're going to go to war now. And it's like, sorry, <laughs> what's happening? Robin Hood doesn't leave the British. No, but the in British this version, he's just like some weird like general dude in like a medieval war. Just, just watch it. It's a. I, I need more people to talk about this weird <laughs> film with. All right. Okay. It's not good by any means, but I don't, I don't want to waste my time with things. Came out in like good. 2011. It's just weird. Yes, yeah, it's like what I was saying before. People were like, oh, you know, it's not actually that good, but watch it. It's like I don't want to. It's like I don't want, I want to sit talk down about and watch it. A rom com, you know, like because mostly they're not good. <laughs> Yes, definitely mostly, yeah. like mo- yeah. 98% of the time. Oh, actually I did watch a I did watch a Chris Evans rom-com the other day just because I was feeling sad. And I was <sighs> good. It was actually really good. It had Audrey <laughs> Plaza in it as well. Sorry. Um, it's called – shit, coming. I can't – hang on. Let me look it up. Well, it came out in like the height of his um, – oh, sorry. Can he I had finish second, mine while you're looking I'm it so up? I'm so sorry, James. <laughs> <laughs> shit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, beautiful mind, good movie. I enjoyed it. And the other thing I've watched um, more recent, somewhat more recent, is Hidden Figures. Um, oh, that's a fucking great I movie. Have not yeah. seen that yet. What? I, I know. Based on everything I know about movies, you'd like Cat. I reckon you would in, enjoy yeah. it. Oh, I know I would. I just yeah. yeah. I'm a sucker for any spacey, sci-fi, NASA sort of thing. And this it, is just good drama. Yeah, I really enjoyed the whole movie. The bit that I least enjoyed was reading afterwards that um, about which things were made up and some of the – there was a bit of white saviory stuff going on in there that wasn't actually ever a part of it, which was a bit disappointing because the actual story itself was interesting too. I don't know why they felt the the writer-director felt the need to change it. Explain what? Yeah, but like – yeah, I know. But um still a good film. It was it was very fun and I enjoyed it. Have you found what you're looking for, Kat? Yeah, it's called um Playing It Cool. Ooh. It's um it was just a nice movie. You know? Guy gets the girl after a massive race around San Francisco to interrupt her wedding. <gasps> yeah. Naughty. But she Did you say it was married. in like Chris Evans's prime? Two thousand fourteen. I feel like his prime was No, like I said that was when he like um, that would have been like Avengers Prime. His Prime was Scott Pilgrim versus the World. 
That, that would is even, true. I that would is, even, yeah, I'm not going to argue with you on that. <laughs> I would even say his prime's like 2019. Because he was in like, like, in, like in, no, like Infinity War and like a couple of other things that year. Oh, just, that man has been in his prime for like the last two decades. You're doing good. Yeah. Two decades ago, he was like 14. <laughs> How so, old is that man? I I'm going to say he's like 40 you. something, to be honest. Probably. He doesn't look it. But, uh, should, he is. He's 39. Oh. 39. Oh, so close. He's been acting since I was born. That's interesting. Should we wrap it up? Nah. <laughs> I don't think I'm so. Just keep Googling celebrity agents. Actually, I want to see how old Chris Hemsworth is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, look look up, I'll, I'll look up Chris Pratt. I'll look up Chris Pine. <laughs> how old do you think Chris Hemsworth is? 34. 36. 37, baby. Oh, yeah, close. Chris Pine's 40. I watched a movie with Chris Pine in it, actually. It Turns was terrible. 41 I'm not going to plug it on this podcast. Chris Pratt is 41. Oh, he's the oldest of the Chris's. <laughs> he's the Hollywood Chris King. Jacob. Luke Hemsworth looks nothing like his. Please wrap this up. This is so <laughs> fucking rogue. How old's Liam? Doesn't matter. Um, he's 31. Wow, there's a massive difference between him and Chris. There's also an older one. Yeah, yeah he's but he's only. Yeah. The yeah. TV, the oh, TV Hemsworth. Have you watched Westworld? I haven't finished season three now. Oh, it's okay. Anyway, so thank you so much. I'm going to check the emails. No, fuck. <laughs> <It's laughs> th- please, Andrew. No, no, we have to just in case someone sent us an email this week. Okay. Well, I can yeah. still hear you. <laughs> I'm going to write it in my notes so I don't forget to um, no, okay. hashtag it. So as always, um, you can reach us at. Watch it again podcast on Facebook and Instagram or at watchingandpod at gmail.com. Um, otherwise, thank you so much for listening and we will catch you guys next week. As always, I'm your host, Jacob, and with me are... I'm Kat. And I'm James. <laughs> what are you doing? I pressed the wrong one. That's the wrong one. Okay, we're going. Bye. Bye.